the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Rob Black talking all things financial. On occasion, I do shows where I don't talk about breaking news, even some of it might bleed into the content. I'm trying to talk bigger picture. Um, I hope that works for you on a level. I'm not positive this hour will be that. I always have kind of a, a wackadoodle idea on where we're going, but it doesn't always play out uh, quite as simply as that. For instance, I could do a segment right now on a hot housing market, or I could do a segment on space, the final frontier, and invested in space and ideas along that that angle. Um, I don't know. Constantly learning is like the coolest thing about my 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 gig. Um, I do like that angle of it. Anything you want to talk about? Drop me an email. Rob at robblackshow.com. Rob at robblackshow.com. And I'll talk about it on the radio. Don't ask me, and I, I hate saying this because I sound like a, a, a Richard. Don't ask me for stock picks. I don't know you. It's against law. I'm not trying to pump what I own in any way, shape, or form, and I'm not going to give you an idea on something I don't own. Um, when I do, I have to tell you that. And doing it one-on-one when I don't know you, I couch everything on this show behind a disclaimer. Um, and you may not even know that. You may not even hear it. You may be tone deaf to it. I got an email from a 54-year-old woman. And she kind of has some similar veins to me as far as some of the details. Great email, by the way. Man, I really appreciate a human being who could write a great email. Um, that ability is, I think, a 21st century skill set that is super important. Currently, I'm employed, salary of $200,000 a year. She has to be in the Bay Area in my mind. Like, okay, first of all, she has a job. She makes $200,000. Okay. <clears throat> if the wife goes down early, I'll keep that email address handy. Kidding, kidding. I joke, I joke. Um, she's got $3 million in IRA. She, that's great. So far, so good. I say you should try to get somewhere between two to four million dollars per person for retirement. Um, maybe two million dollars per person, and then if you have like kids, like you start building another million into your nest egg and things like that. It's a little complicated. Depends on where you live. Depends on the cost of mortgage. Three million in a rollover IRA makes two hundred thousand dollars a year. If she's somewhat frugal, she could live well in the Bay Area. Um, I know you're saying $200,000, you could live like a king in the rest of America. If she likes going to wineries, that ain't cheap. 
Oh, yesterday I was at a grocery store and I saw a guy get six bottles of wine. And it's all the same bottle. I'm like, what's the story there, bud? And uh, he goes, I used to work here. And uh, one of the butchers owns a winery and it's unbelievable. I was like, I will get one based on that recommendation. He's not buying six because they taste like sour grapes, right? You think it was good or bad? It was 12 bucks, by the way. It was a great bottle of wine. I only had like half a glass because I'm not a wine enthusiast in any way, shape, or form. But others around me enjoyed it. Um, okay, back to her. Back to her. Attention deficit disorder is great when you do a radio show because <laughs> you bounce all over the place, but you're still focused. $200,000 a year salary, $3 million in a rollover IRA. She has 17,000 shares of Apple. Not bad. Except for one thing. What if Tim Apple, as Trump called him, I miss Trump and Bush. They made up words on the fly. What if Tim Apple climbs a clock tower and takes a gun with him? Um, she's not going to be very happy owning 17,000 shares. She also has, um, oh, and the cost basis is 10 bucks, but it's in an IRA, so she's not going to have to pay taxes on it until she starts spending it. Smart lady. That's one of the benefits of having a retirement account is as it grows, and if she sells it inside the IRA, um, she's good. She's good. Tax man doesn't cometh. She also has $600,000 in a 401k, a million in a regular brokerage account, 100000 in a Roth brokerage account, and a home with no mortgage. This is a dream woman. There's some show on Netflix now about like the perfect nanny, and it's kind of racy. Um, I'll let you figure that out, and I'm not going to say much about it, but um, I was like, Netflix is getting into like, some naughty shows. I, maybe they've done research, and they're like, ah, what's the computer say, Ted? We need naughty shows. Make some naughty shows. Older man, younger woman kind of thing. I can live comfortably on $40,000 a year. This woman's perfect. I don't know. She, I don't think she could really live comfortably on $40,000 a year. She has dual citizenship. My expenses will be even lower if I live in my home country. I do want to leave a legacy to my one child, but I don't want him to be burdened with taxes such as a stretch IRA. And okay, now it's starting to get wordy. Um, first things first, congratulations, right? Um, hard work and life paid off for her. Now, she wants to retire at 52. Uh, is it 52? 56, 54. Maybe or maybe not be a good idea. And that's one area where she could be exposing herself to some risk of leaving the workforce. Just throwing it out there. There's a number of factors that have to put into play when it comes to retiring. I talked to my financial planner, Brad, yesterday. He works at EP Wealth. We talked about the idea of retirement, and I'm like, I'm committed to four and a half more years. I'm kind of pulling a Howard Stern now, where I'm like, I'll sign one more five-year contract. Okay, I'll do one more five-year contract. But that's still going to put me under my retirement age of 62 for healthcare. Hmm. Quandary. Tax efficiency is working in her favor. It should not be the number one issue with the money she leaves her children, according to financial planners. 
it's a significant event that should be based on lifestyle issues, retirement, not taxes. I see this all the time. Yesterday, I had, I had an epic blow up on an emailer who was like, I want to sell the market right now because I can lock in some gains, but I'll pay higher taxes. And if I wait 45 days and I'll pay lower taxes, I'm like, ah, oh, you people, you see what you see the nose in front of your face and that's it. Look 10 more yards down the road and you'll see more. So if it's, she's wondering if it's feasible to retire, it's a good question. I can't answer it. She can earn $200,000 in her current position. That's more than willing and able to cover her $40,000 expenses. So she could save even more. And when she does retire and stops working, she's going to be taxed on $200,000 a year? No, she's going to be taxed on the, you know, what's in her nest egg. So that's something to consider. The Apple stock is problematic because it's low tax basis, but it's an so It's not going to get the capital gains treatment. Good for her. Um, but it's, it's a heavy concentration. So my advice to her is meet with a financial planner. Give yourself two years to figure out if you're ready to retire. Start answering some of the basic questions like healthcare. What are you going to do for that? Start answering some questions like what are you going to do in retirement? Where are you going to live? You don't retire on a whim. She's trying to do it on a whim. She could. I'm not black talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I know that you have a lot of options out there. Um, every now and then people send me an email saying like, tell us about your childhood or tell us like, how did you get to where you are? It's nothing spectacular. I didn't have any, I wasn't educated in Oxford or anything like that. I was just a voracious reader. I grew up overseas. We didn't have American television, so I didn't watch cartoons. My dream as a six-year-old kid was to watch American cartoons. Um, we didn't have American radio stations. Um, you know, the radio stations speak American. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know it's not American. It's English. Uh, but when you're living in Turkey and you're living in Greece and Germany, it's tough on a kid. Okay. I did get some Scooby-Doo action. I think the U.S. Army has kind of a let's keep the kids kind of happy kind of thing. And I used to get Scooby-Doo books, but now I'm totally digressing. Um, money investing and more. Restaurants are starting to invest more and more in apps. It's just about cutting down the friction. It's about learning more about you. I did some research at the beginning of this week on a new. I can't. I, I, I threw down a phrase that I'm proud of. Apple's best-selling product. It's not the iPad. It's not the iPhone. It's not the iMac. You're like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Is it their semiconductor business? No. Is it the future car augmented around? No. It's trust. Once you get in that system, it's tough to get out of it. One of the things Apple is doing in 2021 is saying, we don't really feel comfortable with apps spying on you. We don't. We, we feel like you should be able to say no to them knowing anything about me. So there's a feature now in the operating system that you can turn on. I don't think it's set to default, so you have to turn it on. Um, and I turned it on. 
I feel comfortable with that decision. But at the same time, I'm like, I get a lot of free stuff on the internet. And I don't want that to go away. So the New York Times, when I was reading their stuff on the internet, they're like, okay, we, we look at your cookies. We know who you are. Uh, we know what you want to do. We got an idea that you're 52 years old and you got two kids. We, we know, we got it, Rob. We know what to push product to. So New York Times can go to their advertisers like, we got this 52-year-old who likes to spend a lot of money on alcohol. So I'm kidding about that, but you get the idea. So now you're starting to see companies starting to say things like, well, we'll give it to you free, but we need a little bit more information about you. Interesting. Um, so for Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Yum! Brands companies to get into um, the information business by setting up apps, essentially social commerce experiments. Um, I think it's the genius. Um, plus they're starting to make, you're starting to see companies like Taco Bell and McDonald's set up things called Instagram stories. McDonald's had Cactus Jack's promotion with Travis Scott. You're now seeing a, an alcohol uh, hard seltzer with Travis Scott's alter ego, Cactus Jack. Social media influencing and the apps that we use and then integrating stuff into their apps. I've seen some delivery companies like GoPuff. They're selling through social media and other ways, including a partnership with White Claw that offered late night deliveries over Twitch live streams. It's surreal. You may just be going to work and uh, being a manager today, nothing wrong with that. You may be a nurse who's going to vaccinate 200 people today. Oh, I had the craziest, craziest dream about a COVID vaccine that I finally got my turn. And I was like the last man on the planet to get it. And there was like four gallons of liquid that they were pumping into my body. I'm like, no, this is going to stop. Isn't it interesting how anxiety starts to get into your dreams? I do wish I remembered more of my dreams, but that was one that freaked me out. So 10,000 restaurants, including Burger King, are using functionalities of WhatsApp, Messenger, Instagram, direct message, other platforms. Um, the testing that's going on to get the data right is amazing. When I first heard about Uber Eats doing McDonald's delivery, or was it DoorDash doing McDonald's delivery, and who got the exclusive and who didn't, I was like, how many people really want to get McDonald's at midnight? And the answer is a lot. So now you're starting to see ghost kitchens go up where McDonald's doesn't really want to have the store open all night serving the area of 12 o'clock legalized marijuana munchies driven business. So what they do is they shut down their stores and they go to a ghost kitchen and the ghost kitchen also has a Burger King in it. And the ghost kitchen doesn't have a sign that says McDonald's or Burger King on it because McDonald's and Burger King will test it out for a year and say, eh, it's, we don't really, it's great. We'll, we'll stay. A uh, lot of little changes. And those are all investable because someone came up with the idea of a ghost kitchen of McDonald's could bring their grease. McDonald's could bring their fryers. McDonald's could bring, you know, their, their nuggets. The nuggets could be delivered to the ghost kitchen. And they'll still get the prices they want to charge. And the ghost kitchen will make a relationship with DoorDash. The ghost kitchen will make a relationship with Uber Eats saying, we got parking spaces for you. 
So now your driver isn't going into your favorite restaurant. My favorite high-end restaurant is a restaurant called Town in my hometown. Um, just high-quality food, high-quality service. Uh, haven't been in a long, long, long time. My favorite cheap eats is El Trito. It's a Mexican taqueria that is delicious. I don't know how authentic it is, but it is delicious and relatively cheap. But keep your eyes on, like, why is Taco Bell going after an app? Because it doesn't make any sense with where you grew up. You're looking at it as in front of you. What you need to look down is 100 yards down the road. Taco Bell, when they do chalupas, is a chalupa really a Mexican thing? Probably not. They're testing it, and they're knowing exactly. If you have a history of buying the meatless tacos, and suddenly you're switching to chalupas, that meatless taco may go bye-bye. It's fascinating, the data that's uh, being played out right now. And data's going everywhere. Next big area for data, hospitals. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm going to talk retail in a second again, because I love subtleties. Love subtleties, and I love taking the opposite view from other people. I didn't know where this came from until I just was talking to my producer, and I figured it out. My father, when we were growing up at the dinner table, we used to love pissing him off. Like, at breakfast, we'd, we'd, when we are done with our cereal, we'd lift up our bowl and slurp on the milk, like... And that pissed him off because he grew up in an orphanage. He couldn't do that stuff in an orphanage. But once we were all in, once the high schoolers in our family, there was five boys and then one girl. We were encouraged to debate each other. One night you had to be pro-life. The next night you had to be pro-choice. One night you had to be Republican. The next night you had to be Democrat. One night you had to have high tax argument. The next night a, a, a no tax argument. That's where I got that from. Always trying to take the other side and trying to debate with my brothers uh, a better point. It makes for a good investor if you could see, learn to compare. Like um, the difference between Intel and NVIDIA. They're both semiconductors, but they're in different businesses, right? So it's tough to say, well, and one's more of a PC company, one's more of a phone company or video gaming company. You got to learn to compare. And when you learn to compare, you become a very, very good investor. Um, just throwing that out there for you. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. Um, oh, oh, I know where it was. So my Andrew, great guy. I really am enjoying the cycle with him as working together. He was talking about a character actor. Uh, Embry, somebody, Alan Embry or somebody like that. And I'm like, who is that? Ethan Embry. And I, I knew the name, but I didn't know what he had been in. The dude's been in 100 credited acting gigs since the mid-90s. That's a good career. I've basically went through some experience experiments in my twenty in my teens and decided I wanted to run my own company until I got to the point where I didn't want to run my own company. I just wanted to talk to you guys on air, um, whether it be TV, radio, or podcast. So I went a different way than Ethan Embry did. And I don't recognize him. I don't I know the name, but I don't 
character actors can do well in this world is what, what I'm getting to. And then one of the things that I'm fascinated with is the commercial for AT&T, the Lily from AT&T. Um, easy on the eye. This is going to get a little bit creepy, so work with me on this. Her career is being pretty and being easy on the eye. She's been in a couple things. One episode of uh, the tech show on uh, HBO. One episode on The Office. One episode, like, it's not much. But she's the AT&T girl. And I, I, I feel like I've grown up watching her. Um, she's going through a, a bit of a problem right now because we're sexualizing her. We're going, she's easy on the eye. And she wants to be known for other things. So she told AT&T, I'll do those commercials for you, but I want to direct them. And you're going to notice a little subtle change. And I noticed it. They're no longer showing her standing up. You can no longer see, guesstimate how tall she is. You can't sexualize her. She's now behind a desk. Um, she's freaked out. And she's asked people not to talk about her on social media. So maybe I shouldn't talk about her. But it's going to be quick. It's uncomfortable to talk about. Um, she was at a pool party 20 years ago. And let's just say she's got some curves. And she hates that that picture is out there. She hates that it was a little bit more revealing than she wanted it to be. So I think what I'm going to try to say once again is tell your kids, be careful what they put on the internet. Be careful when they, what they agree to be in, take a picture of or not. Um, I've tried to control my image uh, to a crazy degree. I don't, like, if you want to take a photo, I'm like, just don't post it on your website, please, kind of thing. It freaks me out that I'll, I do seminars and people are like, can I get a photo with you? I want to show my wife that I, I got to meet the Rob Black. I'm like, I'm nothing. Oh, back to Lily real quick. Um, she's now a director of those commercials. She said, AT&T, if you want me, I direct it. I'm going to decide what I, where I stand and what, what lines I say. Pretty cool taking control of your, your image, right? Um, but it's an image theme that I'm trying to throw down here. Um, there was one point in time where I wrote a book and there's no money in books. I'll never do it again. Um, if you want, if, uh, I'll do a blog. I'm going to start a blog sometime this year and that'll be your book and it'll be free. I, I don't want that thing, but I wrote a book and there was a very famous political figure who somehow an exact passage from my book, a chart and a passage got word for word, um, not 10 words, like four pages, um, cut and paste kind of thing. And the Republicans or the Democrats figured this out, I guess, through scanning books or something. And they're like, do you have a comment? You're going to sue, you know? And I'm like, no, I don't want the other side hating me. Like people who come up against, uh, like Trump's being sued and they'll, they'll dig up a witness. I never want to be a witness. I just want to be hidden. I don't want to be part of the social conversation. Controlling your image is pretty important. Um, I have a family. I don't want my family attacked because I spoke out against one party or the other. Um, just my thing, just throwing that out there. And I brought it up because of the Lily image control thing. And ultimately, if you're wearing revealing clothes and they get on the internet, they're never going to go away. Never.
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I know I'm not supposed to be the guy who's guiding you through this, but I guess I am. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Let's get to some more ideas. There is every now and then a company that I haven't heard of, and I decide I'm going to do a little bit more work on it. eToro, and Toro I think means bull, right? is an Israeli site that calls itself the world's leading social trading and investing platform. And I'm like, okay, I totally get that there's a world beyond my city, my state, my country. They're going to go public via SPAC. People are asking me, should I invest in it? And here's the problem with SPACs versus IPOs. You don't get any information on SPACs. Nothing. The first day that it starts trading, you don't know if they have money in the bank. You don't know if they've been growing their revenue for five years. You don't know if they're losing money for five years. With IPOs, because it's being sold to the public, it goes through an SEC filing, and the SEC says, you got to have a good accountant. You can't use some you know, Yahoo on the side of the road. We want you to have a legit firm because we're going to go out there and help you make a lot of money, but you're going to build trust because we, we have to be trusted. I don't like private REITs because I don't get to see the financials. I like public REITs because I do get to see the financials. I don't like SPACs because I don't get to see the financials. I do like IPOs because I do get to see the financials. But the problem with IPOs is everyone's made money but you. On the first day that it's trading, someone owns those shares at a penny a share. The founder, the owner. Someone owns them at $10 a share the first round of investors. Someone owns at $20 a share, the second round of investors. Someone owns them at $30 a share. And I'm gonna buy at 45? No, thank you. I'm gonna wait to see if I can understand their financials to see what they do on a quarter to quarter, year over year basis. I'm gonna take my time getting comfortable. It's not a game to me. Um, it's like those TV shows, like uh, one hour wedding. You're gonna meet someone and you're gonna marry them in one hour. Good luck, contestants. No, 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 no. Um, I rushed into one marriage and it was over in under a year. And I don't have the greatest track record in love. So you learn to kind of know yourself. Be careful with SPACs. IPOs are a little bit better, but IPOs bring the dilemma of everyone's made money before you. At Intel, I could see people have bought it higher than me. I could see people bought it lower than me. I could see that people bought it higher when they had great revenue. They sold it when it had bad revenue. I, I, I can connect the dots. I could see that they did well in a recession or they did poorly in a recession. They did well in a housing crash or they did poorly in a housing crash. These are all important things in my world. Speaking of Intel, I'm out of love with Intel. I was in love with Intel in the 90s, maybe the 2000s. Uh, when they went from the 286 to the, uh, the 8086 to the 286 to the 386 to the 486 to the Pentiums, Pentium 1, Pentium 2, Pentium 3, now they got like I's, and I don't even know, I'm lost. I know the i5 is better than the i3. Was there an i4? I don't know. Is there an i6? Is there an i9? There's an i9. There, was there an i7? I don't know. Uh, they've lost me. But I can tell you that I was doing a little work on their new chip, the i9. 119 uh, 11,900k it's got eight cores 16 threads faster speeds of up to 5.3 gigahertz 
that's pretty impressive sounding compared to when I used to know the company. They also introduced a new desktop core architecture called Cypress Cove. It's going to incorporate the company's 11th generation Rocket Lake S chips. Um, the chips have included more extreme core updates. Intel argues that core isn't good enough on its own anymore. Frequency, speed, and performance matter just as much. It's too much for me. They've lost me. I have a computer, and it's got an Intel chip. That's all I know. And I, I'll spend top dollar when it comes out because I want it to run for three years. I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Sometimes you fall out of love with stocks for a good reason when they become commodities. To me, it's just a commodity now. The, the speed improvements aren't enough. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show and for being a part of the show. I promise future episodes will have conversations about space, housing, inflation, interest rates, gold, Bitcoin. I ain't going to let you down. I'm here for you. We'll talk about smart fitness being vertically integrated. I think earlier this week I said Apple should just get it over with and buy Peloton. Peloton's going to struggle. Maybe they want to wait for them to struggle. Maybe Apple's researching a, a fitness machine right here, right now. But notice how the tech companies all want to get one finger into one thing that you're doing, all 10 of the things that you do. Um, you'll become a stronger investor as you study yourself and study time. It's one of the things I wish I can go back on, right? Don't we all wish we could be 20 again? But I know now, I wish I knew then. Um, <clears throat> Peloton is acquiring startup companies on their own, saying Rob Black's got a tired idea that we should sell to Apple. Good for them. I like what I'm seeing out there. Um, Pokemon Go still makes a lot of money. And that's one of the weirder things that you have to kind of come to terms with, is that we spend a lot of real dollars on virtual coin. But you're going to hear more and more about that later. I wrote a letter to Data the other day. I saw that Miley Cyrus wrote a letter to um, Hannah Montana. And I was like, eh, I'm not even going to read that because that sounds stupid. I like Miley Cyrus. I think she's an amazing entertainer. I don't think she's a good role model. I think her country twang is unbelievable in American pop. She didn't write this song. Oh, speaking of writing songs, one of the actors from Oz just died. And it kind of made me sad because he was the, the, the prisoner. He was 52, so he's young. And he was the prisoner who recited poetry to other prisoners to kind of like help them, out, help them through their times. I was like, whoa, you know what got me on that one? He's 52. That's way too young. Played a heroin addict on the show. And you're like, let's hope he didn't die of heroin. When life imitates art, no, 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 no good. So I'm imitating Miley Cyrus, and I wrote a letter to myself, and I called it Dear Data. I started with, it's complicated. Where do we begin? For years, you've made my life complicated. 
There are days we don't even know where you are, who you've been seeing or what you're doing. But now we're starting to learn more and more about artificial intelligence. I think I ended a segment recently saying the next big area where artificial intelligence is going to crack into is hospitals. Hospitals have always been, not always, let me be careful here. I think hospitals at one point in time were very altruistic. Give us your sick and your needy and we'll fix them. And then it's, uh, hey, lady, you just had a baby. Can you leave it in the next 12 hours? We used to keep you for three days, but we can make more money if we get a cancer patient in. So they've shrunk the, the wards down for pregnancy, and they've opened more of the cancer. And some people who are cynical, like me, say, I wonder if that's dollar-driven. Dollar's not going to drive information. Dollar's not going to drive decisions anymore. It's going to be data again and again and again and again. And what we want with data is for it to be transparent. One thing Trump did that I think he did, I'm not quite sure he did. There was a lot of noise during that time. But I think he wanted to pass a bill that was something along the lines of, hospitals should tell you how much things cost up front, i.e. be transparent. It freaks me out. I had a kid that Maybe I wasn't the best at changing his diaper, but for lack of a better word, he had a little poo-poo on his pee-pee and it got into his blood system, into his lymph nodes. So one day we, he woke up and he had a golf ball size growth on his crotch. So we go to the hospital. It's, it's something you're, you're, it's the worst thing you could do. The kid was two years old, one and a half. He, he, he could barely walk and he's beautiful. Uh, and last two days ago, I played Call of Duty with him for like four hours at night, and it was the best day of my life. So as a dad who want, who knew, like, so we take him to the hospital, and I said, we, we go to the first hospital, Sequoia. And they're like, well, come on in. Let's take his vitals. So we go to the emergency room because you know this didn't happen on a Thursday. It had to happen on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning. So no doctor's going to – you can't take him to his pediatrician. So we go to the hospital, we go to the emergency room, and they, they take his temperature and said, oh, no, no, we're not a children's hospital. You need this looked at. You need to send him down to Stanford. There's a famous, famous children's hospital. So we go to Stanford Hospital, check into the ER, and we don't, we don't know, here's your insurance card, fill this up form out, fill this form out. Okay, we're gonna send him back, get his, his vitals. And Sanford Hospital comes out and goes, oh, no, 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 we're not a children's hospital. The children's hospital, you have to walk through those doors. So we walk through the doors and we go into our third emergency room. Fill out the paperwork. He gets seen. They're like, uh, he needs to stay. So suddenly that day, our kid's in the hospital. They want to do a biopsy. And uh, biopsy comes back negative. But he was in the hospital for five or six days. And as a kid, you don't know. You just want to be at home playing with your puppy. You want you know, the comfort of your high chair and your, your smashed peas. We got charged for three emergency rooms. There was no transparency. There was nothing. When I was 20 years old and I busted open my knee, I didn't have health insurance. So I went to the hospital and they said, mm, can't tell you how much stitches are going to cost. And I said, I can't do it because I can't pay so I have a busted knee that had gravel that came out. A piece of gravel came out five years later. It was so embedded in my leg, my knee. Dear data, it's complicated. 
I know I do repetitive tasks. I know I got workflows. I know that you could reuse some of this data for me and against me, but you got to be more transparent data. Love me. Rob Black talking all things financial.